Heaven high, it's rum doings. It is rum doings, and I've been pondering how exactly I would approach this rum doings. I'm going to be very honest with you. I thought, am I going to be all sort of cheery? Am I going to be arch? Am I going to say something sarcastic? And am I going to be awkwardly sincere? <laughs> and in the end, I thought I would just let you do the talking. Um, oh no, I think I was. I was going to say. I meant to say before we started recording. Please don't do anything differently. Yeah, well, that's the problem, though. Once once you tell somebody not to do anything differently, of course, oh, it's, a bit like saying, it's a bit like saying, don't think of uh, John Majors and Edwina Curry's together in bed. John Majors' saggy testicles slapping against Edwina Curry. Yes, exactly. The Welcome topic to today... the Rum Doings tribute episode to my dad. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you'd agree. <laughs> the, the topic today is, was David Bowie better than Gandhi? I can't believe you mispronounced it. This made me upset. He mispronounced it himself in an interview with Jeremy Paxman. He said, he, he generally said, I, he said, I just can't remember how to pronounce it properly anymore. Because he thought it was Bowie, but then he went to Scotland where he thought it was a Scottish name and nobody pronounced it like that. They said Bowie. Well, he's called his son Zoe and therefore it's Bowie. That's the simple rule. As long as we don't discuss whether he's better than Gandhi, we haven't no. broken the rules of this podcast. So for, for those of you who for, for those of you out there who are listener and don't follow, John will give you the non-ironic news. Yeah, rather sadly, rather horribly, uh, the Saturday before last, my dad died. Um, out and of you, blue. And you had mentioned him in the previous podcast, funnily enough, in his abilities to um, to detect uh, exactly oh, David Attenborough's do. dodgy false yeah. teeth. And it's funny, that yeah. very morning, Victoria had been thinking about him and, you know, kind of wanting to set up some sort of superhero partnership with him to deal with <laughs> that because it's a bugbear of hers. And then, of course, you sent Well, she me left the, it too late, didn't she? You sent me the horrible, horrible news. And, of course, you have now travelled to that country where all of us will go and none of us want to. It's strange, yes. So, OK, so he... Everyone always wants to know. He died, at, presumably, of a heart attack. I believe they are... Post-mortem-ing him as we mm -hmm. record. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully you should know by the end of today. If it was that, um, my small hope is that it was in fact a murder and then I have something to solve, something to do with my uh, idle time. Bye-bye, uh, some disgruntled patient who was annoyed <laughs> that his uh, he that he retired. medications never actually worked. Yeah. No, that he's annoyed that he retired. Oh, um, yes. Be the only NHS dentist left in the country and he retired and yep. that was vengeance. Yeah. So that's anyway, it. With, yeah, with so his that... death, there is no more NHS dentistry. <laughs> that's almost, but that's almost non-hyperbolic, you know. Of course well, it is. But, you know. I got an NHS dentist down here with no problems, so no, I don't didn't. know. Maybe. But anyway, he yeah, so he was 66, which is too young to be dead. Uh, no, exactly. You have to be dead at 69, as we've learned. Yes, apparently. That was, yes, it's all, everyone's dying in their 60s. That dude off of that band, the Eagles, I think, just died today at 60-something. Yeah. That is too young. It's crazy. So, and but he I was, told um, you, I always when, when, when people die too young, I always think, and I know it's wrong, but I told you, I said, that's a bit clumsy. Yeah, or, I know, exactly. You know, should have tried a bit harder. And I, I know it's bad to think that, but I'm being honest. That's that's my immediate kind of visceral thought. It's kind of, oh, come on now. Don't be silly. <laughs> it's funny, actually, because uh, despite having been overweight most of his life, he uh, didn't have any history of heart problems at all, hence the PM. Um, yes, of course. But he had everything else wrong. So he died of the one thing that didn't seem to be wrong with him. Yeah. Um, which is a bit crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you gone so... through all those stages then? 
No, it's I th- either they all happen simultaneously, or it just didn't. It doesn't work that way at all. I don't know which. Or it could be that those stages are a complete simplistic misrepresentation of what you'll feel, and it's a lot more complicated in real life. Can, can you almost. imagine if that might mm. be the case? Mm. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it'd be quite interesting. So I wanted to record last week, and then because I was having a, a giant air quotes good day yeah. last Thursday, I think it was, and then it all fell apart again. Um, well, what I wanted between the two days because that's interesting because you did feel very there were, clearly you felt very different emotions on those two days. Yeah, it's and this is what I've learned. So I kind of wanted to talk from right in the depths of the worst of it, just to yeah. try and record that because I didn't think that's a thing that people often do. No. Um, although it's still it's still only like what nine days since he died, so it's still pretty yeah. raw. Um, yeah, it's, it's worth noting that he was a listener to this podcast, so um, he would have loved this. Yes, talking about him. Um, well, we did talk about him fairly frequently, actually. And that does mean he was the listener, and that means there's no one left. Okay, so there's no one listening now. So a we listener are died. Talking, we're, we're talking to ourselves. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're mourning a listener. So, yeah, so you wanted to, you said you did want to record it because it was an interest, it would have been an interesting thing to record the, record the painful grief as it happened, not as you remembered it, which is, again, people usually will only. Yeah talk about it oh yes i remember it was x y and z and of course memory being what it is means that you don't really know whether it was like that well it's still pretty fresh and mm. i would say that uh, I, so i would say that i'm in the second of two identifiably different stages and not yes. i don't mean actual stages i just mean i yeah, feel like yeah, i've yeah. changed from one state to the next yeah so um the first couple of days and then slight kind of decreasingly intensely over the week um was this re- revolting um forgetting and remembering yes. that was that was what was most brutal so it would be a case of oh how come i'm in guildford at my be- oh yeah i remember now and the oh yeah i remember now was a punch a really hard punch to the stomach and then i would just start crying again and i would just start feeling you know this this wealth of emotions that didn't have i didn't have room for inside me and then it would gradually <laughs> just kind of forget again and then and then this would yes. loop and loop and loop now things seem to have moved into a stage of sort of just a general acceptance of the awfulness of the truth yes so i suppose you could call that acceptance but i don't think it is acceptance because i'm at the same time as this kind of it's like a more steady level of crappiness yes um uh, at the same time i constantly think oh i could just call dad about that or yes. um because so the situation was i was in i i'm i'm live in the southwest my parents live in the southeast um my dad went out to a uh, men's a men's breakfast bible study thing um obviously he enamored himself a little bit too much to jesus and said actually i want you a bit closer <laughs> so he was walking home from that uh, and it was lo- local near where he lives he collapsed on the street and um, bizarrely someone who knows him happened to walk past his collapsed him, uh, mm-hmm. which was amazing and helped him up because he was fine. <clears throat> and he said, mm-hmm. oh, I fainted. I'm sure I'm fine. Just need to get home. I can... And so this person was helping walk him home, got to our house. My mom was out playing tennis with a friend. Um, and so when he got to the house, he started feeling faint again. And mm-hmm. so a neighbor let him, in, let the next door neighbor let him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which case, he, where he collapsed again, uh, her son attempt CPR. Apparently, managed to get a pulse back. What a bloody hero that kid is! Yes, um, yeah. Oh, a, a youngster then. 
Well, I think about 20, something like that. I don't oh, know. I don't okay. know him at all. I, I remember when I lived there, he was a tiny little child. So as far as I'm so concerned, he still he's a is, tiny yes. child. So basically a three-year-old gave A three-year-old, yes. Yeah. And apparently was extraordinary. I mean, I I've mm. just, oh, the horror of trying. I'd never, yeah. ever want to be in that situation. I just no. can't believe he did that. Um, yeah. Amazing. And then the paramedics turned up at the same, and my mum turned up around the same time. So she got to be there before he finally died. Um mm. Uh, and yeah and, and the, the the pulse didn't stay the paramedics couldn't keep him going uh the beautiful thing is that um in between the two um he was asked where does it hurt you know trying to figure out what's wrong with his friends mm. and he said nothing hurt i just felt faint oh good and then he just reported he felt faint again and that was it so he died in no pain he died with no expectation of dying Yes, I mean, uh, so it's a kind of a perfect death. The only problem is um, it happened about 25 years too early. Yeah, I don't, I I never thought he was going to get to be old because just because he'd been so unfit and so overweight for so much of his life. Mm. Um, And yes, I, I, yes, obviously I've had learned a lesson here. Um, You probably, you probably uh, expected another decade or so. Oh, yes. I I thought he would, yeah. Into his 70s. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he'd. I, yeah, I, I hoped for seventy, and, and, and he didn't get. He didn't get that. I hadn't realised yeah. how close he was, really. Um, yes. Yeah, and so yeah, and there's like uh, apologies to uh, you and your ilk for the smolchiness of this, but um, a couple of things. My, my dad was a chronically insecure man, um, and had very little self confidence, and despite having been the most extraordinary father in so many ways, having taught me just you know it's, i i've i've learned how few people have a dad that remembers to tell them how tell the kids how proud he is of them on a regular basis and, and how much he loves them and my dad did that so just on that level alone that was amazing mm. and he was just a great dad and a brilliant a brilliant person um and i've lost my train of thought because that happens Sh- a lot at the moment <laughs> schmaltziness oh schmaltziness thank you so at the so a couple of days before he'd been on the phone to my sister and he told my sister that he was proud of himself for how he'd raised her which is the opposite of everything he would ever say normally go oh i must have done such a terrible yes. job oh, oh, oh. but d- dad did an amazing job and gave gave us both the foundations to f- have stable family lives in our adulthood and and and, and, and you know mum and dad together um and dad was a huge part of that and, and he never really was able to seem to recognize that and he recognized it like a couple of days before and then at the bible study he was they were praying as a group at the end as as those as they want and he said something i've never heard him say before he said it in front of all these other people he said i accept that god loves me unconditionally and then died like 20 minutes later so i don't think i obviously i don't think he knew it was going to happen because otherwise i think he would have been you know going quick get me to a hospital i'm about to die yes. um, but just some really amazing stuff was wrapped up in, yes by, by cosmic coincidence it was wrapped up right at the end which is of an enormously it's an enormous comfort in a weird way well no it's not even a weird way in an obvious way because those people who don't have those things wrapped up are ignores it then for the rest of their lives i think so and i think the other thing i and this is something i can pass on to everyone so easily is a few years ago i thought my dad doesn't accept these good things about himself he doesn't believe that he deserves the praise that he gets and he really struggles with that stuff so i thought what i would do and if you try and say to him dad i'm really you know this was really great he'll go oh oh, oh," start feeling sorry for himself and Mm. it was enormously frustrating um and so I wrote this email and it was a long detailed email in which I began by saying, I am aware you are going to try to reject all this, but you're not allowed to. I'm saying it anyway. And I just mm-hmm. went through and said what an amazing dad he'd been and how I saw 
the best parts of him in me um in, were potentially available to me and and just like just tried to lay out everything that meant so much uh, to me about him and the reply i got was the worst <laughs> it's just like oh woe is me reply yeah, of course but whatever it didn't matter he'd read it and i knew he'd read it and i knew he yes, was taking course. it in on some level and i did that years ago and i didn't do it in case he dies i did it in case yeah. he lives yeah um it wasn't oh god i must say this because i have this realization since that sorry i'm going to ramble like this quite a lot today but well, you're allowed to yes thank you for my what my special one-off yes. um <laughs> Um, I realised that this idea that, oh my goodness, I never got to say X before he died is a, a purely and ridiculously selfish thing because he either he or either he knows now or he doesn't know anything. So yeah. he either knows everything or nothing right now. Those are the yes. two options, right? Yes. So it doesn't matter. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you say something to someone before they die. It, it matters, matters if you, you say it to while they're alive so they can live yeah. with the nice thing. That's what's important. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you you were able you were able to know that thing for about five seconds before you lost consciousness. Isn't really, you know. <laughs> it's worth um, it. yeah, exactly. What well, you know that this whole deathbed. Oh, Dad, I just need to tell you. I, I, that's that's probably a good and healthy thing to do for you, but it's not for them. And I think it's no. really important to remember that you say things to people while they're alive for them yes. to live with, and that's a really helpful of thought course. that's come out of all this. So do that. Just do that. Everyone listening, all, all one person listening, um, or none. Yes. Just get in touch with people who mean something to you now. Don't wait. Don't think, oh, I'll wait. And just do it now. And I'm saying that not from the position of, oh, if only I had. I'm saying from the position of, hooray, I did. So... Well, you did You did a number of things. Um, in a number of ways, you were lucky. I mean, Victoria lost lost her mother quite uh, when... Uh, By the way, my mum does not accept lost. Yeah. It's dead. Well, I only say that in order... Yeah, Vic, 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 Vic. Well, the problem is there's no proper way of saying that because I, I can say Victoria's mother died, but do I say... Yeah, you know, you're Victor- right. You know, Victoria... Victoria murdered her mother. Her mother. Yeah. yeah, Victoria murdered her mother. No, there's no proper transitive way of saying it, is there? Anyway, You're so, correct. So she... And and that was when we got married, but of course, uh, she it was a different circumstance because she had terminal illness. Yes, and and she said to all her children, uh, Victoria, Victoria's mother, if any of you are pregnant now, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Oh wow! Because you know, um, it was too much to bear that she wouldn't meet her grandchildren. So the fact that uh, you, the fact that he got to meet uh, 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 meet Toby and play with him and so yes, on was of a, course. Was a, was obviously something that he would have been very relieved about himself. Oh gosh, I actually got to see uh, both sets of grandchildren. Yep. And rather, um, be, another lovely coincidence is that Toby always <laughs> Toby didn't like my dad very much. So right, he, okay. would, he was really good with Laura's mum and dad. He adores them. With yeah. my mum, he adores her. With my dad, he would always cry. <laughs> and it got, started to get really awkward. So every time he saw him, saw him, my dad, he would start crying. Uh, and then, the, of course, they, your father wouldn't know how to, well, you know, become self-conscious about how to react. And then it was well, just, it was funny. Yeah. Dad was really good. He was going, of course, it doesn't matter. He's a baby. Of course, and I knew it was like, yeah. oh, gosh, it would matter to me. Of course it matters. Course. It's frustrating. Yeah. So when they came down just a couple of days after Christmas, um, Toby was completely the opposite. It was like all over granddad and cuddling him and gave him a nice big kiss. And I and I know that meant a huge amount to my dad. And that was Toby's well, last time seeing him. So that was another nice yes. little thing in just in time. I also remember you, you went on that very nice holiday with them to, 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 to Crete, Crete as well. Which yes, was, that's which, true. So there were a number of things that you did, even though you had less time than you thought that yeah. you would have, which you might not have done, even if you'd had another 30 years left. Uh, so it's a it's an interesting hmm. uh, it's it, also another thing that that 
reminded me when you said that you kept kind of forgetting he was dead. Uh, yeah. And then you'd kind of, and it would hit you. Victoria said she would actually have dreams where her, where her mother was still alive and so on. And then she'd wake up and she'd have to kind of rear, oh. she'd wake up in the knowledge that her mother was alive and then slowly have to come to the realization that no, no, that was the dream. Oh, I'm so grateful that hasn't happened yet. You know, as uh, so I warn you in case it does about that, having, yeah. having to wake up every morning, sort of, you know, that state you can get, am I still at university? Am I still doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. weird feeling. Imagine that weird feeling about, oh, yeah, that she's still alive. Ugh. Oh, no. Oh. And then you kind of have to do that slight remorn, a very quick remorn every every morning. So I yeah, imagine so it's inevitable, but ugh, thank goodness event. not yet. Yes. So, yeah, that's another thing to look forward to. Um, <laughs> Woohoo! I see that. Maybe that's what uh, hard drugs are for. Here's another nice thing that's happened um, mm-hmm. since. Um, one thing Dad was never able to really tell me was that what he thought of Rock Paper Shotgun. Oh, really? So Why this not? is like my, my big thing I've done. I mean, becoming a games journalist is, is a trivial achievement, mm. but one I'm proud of in <laughs> some senses. Yeah, and nobody um, can become one ever again because magazines are gone. Well, it's true. So I wrote for magazines for 10 mm. years and that was and that was a really good time in some ways. And mm. it's my 20s, so odd years, but um, started Rock Paper Shotgun eight years ago. And it's a su- it's my success. It um, is it's a success. successful business with employees and profit. It makes a profit and mm. and and it's got lots of readers. Um, and has a good reputation. Yeah. And and, and so I think that's something I, uh, is successful. And dad never was able to kind of. Fabulously fast website. <laughs> well, just, honestly i think it's really the secret behind the quality of the writing is the hosting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or one particular stressed chap <laughs> um so yeah so uh but dad never really was able to say well done on that and i th- i my suspicion was that there was mm. some envy there because really? he was uh dad was a dentist because he didn't get the grades to be a doctor his um Oh, I've heard of that. We had a family member who was sim- in a similar circumstance. It was, it was, it was e- even worse than that. He was, he became, he was actually in South Africa and he wanted to become a doctor. But as he was about to go to university to become a doctor, people came back from the war and they were reserved the medical courses to become right. a doctor. So he was shunted down and the only thing left to him was to become a dentist. So I wonder how many disgruntled doctor <laughs> wannabes became dentists. Yeah. It was the Jack D joke that my dad really didn't appreciate when I gleefully discovered it as a teenager, which was that uh, um, dentists are doctors who try, they, they went to study medicine but then just got found it was too much and tore out the page on teeth. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, dad yeah, didn't so find that so funny. So, so he was—he really wanted to be a games programmer. Or a well, I think so. Yeah, I surely. think so. So he was kind of doctor was expected of him by his parents. His dad was a doctor, mm. um, although his dad was a lovely man. His mum was less lovely at times. Less lovely. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, this expectation of him, and, and he fell short of it, so he became a dentist. And he was, as uh, as uh, m- many people will attest and have attested since um, he died, uh, an exceptionally good dentist. But it wasn't his dream. and he in the 80s started writing for like fanzines and and got a little game published in a magazine and 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 i think he would have loved it if that could have been what he did and so i wonder whether there was there was envy there that was problematic i don't i never managed to get to the bottom of it and i would often prompt him say dad what do you think about x or not and and he would sort of change the subject and it was the area in which i he never really communicated well with me Mm -hmm. um and since then i've had a patient of his emailed me who is a developer down in in the southeast um 
and got in touch to tell me out of the blue just said I just wanted to let you know that when I would go in after your father was done uh telling me off for how I look after my teeth <laughs> he would then start telling me about how proud he was of the work you've done on on the site and you know did you see the time he interviewed the Monty Python team and did you do that and just yeah, and, uh, yeah what an exceptional thing to 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 be hit to hear after he died that was amazing but if you think about it, I mean, he really liked everything you did. I mean, he, he loved Brian the Bunny. He, he did, liked, didn't he? Uh, Rup, Rup, Shaka, and I think he liked this podcast. So all in all, I mean, he clearly worshipped you, basically. <laughs> well, it's understandable. <laughs> yes, a god amongst men. Um, and, yeah, so uh, there are there will be few regrets, except that he didn't live long enough to see Toby grow up is the big one. Yeah, that's uh, and the idea we you know we want to have a second kid at some point, and nah, one no of the most now. traumatic things was my dad will never meet this person, and they'll never know my dad. And but then the kind mm. of the positive thing that came from this in my in my head was just remembering what a significant part of my childhood my dad was, and then realizing that I can. Again, it sounds a little greetings cardy, but I can honor how he raised me and how I raised my kids, and. Mm. And that's nice. The thought that I can do that and sort of take his legacy, the best parts of his legacy, and pass them on. How's Laura been? Um, it's, I can't imagine how tough it must be. I mean, you've been there. Yeah. I haven't. Um, yeah, to be the spouse of someone who's grieving. So that's, I wanted to talk about grief, and I want, this is a good way into it, actually. That yeah. This idea that when someone else's parents dies, and I've had uh, friends who've lost parents, and, some, and, and, and one friend in particular whose who's mum died gruesomely over nearly a decade. Mm. Um, just brutally attacked by cancer for, for <clears throat> such a horrific time. And, Is that the one you mentioned? And then some quack tries to get. Yeah, to it's all yeah, yeah it's all very yeah. unpleasant. Um, but yeah. she was, uh, and she had. There were good times within all this. She got better at times, but it, it mm. was it was really harsh. And and I really felt for my friend, and I was a, a, a kind of in constant contact with her about it all, and and um, or frequent contact. Um, yes. And at, at the same time, I was really sorry for my friend. But it was her mum, not mine. Yes. And I realised there's this really childish immaturity to it where you think, you hear someone else's parents dying, you go, oh my goodness, that's so horrible for you. But, you know, they're just your mum and dad, they're not the special ones. Yes, of course. <laughs> and I think that's true, and I think everyone feels that way, that their mum and dad are better than all the others. I mean, obviously, I, with the huge exception of people who, who come from abusive homes and or have cruel parents, I mean, that's a... No, but the, the, the irony, the irony paradox, whatever you want to yeah, call it, uh, is that they feel, that, that even they sometimes often feel that. Yeah. Absolutely, That's and so thing, your it? parents are extra, extraordinarily special. In uh, if, and 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 um, for some reason, because you, you kind of so. wouldn't exist without their having existed, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and and they, you know, and, and if you had good parents, they're such a formative part of your of your who you are. Obviously, so the, someone else's parents is just the person who cooked you fish fingers and chips that one time. Hmm. They're not yeah. that special in importance. So it's sad that they died, but it doesn't actually matter that much. Is this? No. And I think that you know, and obviously that's rubbish, but that's just how i think the brain processes it so when your spouse's parents die you have a better relationship with them than you do someone else some other random friend's parents hmm. but at the same time it's still not your dad no it and i think that must be really hard well i think it's hard but on the other hand it also gives you an opportunity to be of help mm -hmm. because i think if both of you were similarly destroyed at that psychic level yeah, there would be there would be no help to one another. That's true, and I really, I needed Laura to be stable and strong for a long time, and then uh, yes. coming up to this weekend, she said to me, "Look, I'm not I'm not sleeping because I'm not processing this at all, and mm. I'm just lying awake thinking about everything." And I realised that 
necessarily I had been very selfish. Yeah, that was just and fine. Sh- and Laura, yeah, yeah, as I say, it was necessary. But now Laura needed some space and some time too to do her own grieving because she knows she she knew Dad pretty well. She'd known him for five years. Yes. And, um, and so yeah, so we kind of got to the point where that needed to be acknowledged and and and, and allowed for, which is I think again is really hard. I was talking to another friend whose dad died a couple of years ago today, and he was saying the same thing. He kind of he found it almost he actually couldn't allow his wife to be part of it for a while. Yes. Well, it was I tell you where I felt that to a degree was when we went up to Leeds when Victoria's mother died, and the siblings were all you know just talking over there uh, about about their mother, and you know, kind of some laughing at some of the things she'd done and that kind of thing. And at that point, I realised, okay, well, this is obviously for you, you lot to bond and discuss over. This is really nothing, kind of nothing to do with me. So I'll just go and make make everybody a cup of tea, kind of thing. Yeah. So there's moments where you kind of think, okay, you need to bow out at this point uh, and realise it's not all about you, which of course for me is very difficult. <laughs> I think we were very blessed in having Toby around. So we went to Laura and I went straight to Mum's on the Saturday. And um, Toby put on a show. That's why. Well, you, exactly. Yeah. So Toby learned to walk and talk in the week that Dad died, which is pretty good going. Yes, yeah. We were just, you remember, just the last episode, we were berating Toby's uh, inability yeah. to walk and talk, and now suddenly yeah, we, he just stood up on the Sunday. It was Sunday possible after. his series was even going to be cancelled, as we said. But, yeah. <laughs> it's true. The next been day. Recommissioned. The, the Sunday after we got to Guildford, the next day, he just stood up in the middle of the lounge and tootled around for a bit. I could do this. It's easy. But, but what happened? I mean, did you just, did you just get up and say... Just hmm. literally just sat on his haunches. He'd sat on his haunches a few times the day before, and I thought, oh, that's odd. And he just went, pushed on, pushed down his legs and was stood up and then just took a few steps around. And this went... He thought it was hilarious, absolutely hilarious, until eventually, of course, of course, face-planted into a sharp edge of some furniture, and, and, and that yes. game was over for a while. And he hasn't walked since. Okay. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's again, he's, he's kind of very... Into, crawling is default, but he's, he's every day there's a, a little patch of uh, walking around the house. And he's started talking too i taught him the word bubble uh-huh um, which, which of course he pronounced it <laughs> he pronounces it bubba it's pretty close uh-huh. um and he's he now says mama dada nana and papa for laura's parents um we talked him that yesterday and bubble banana and that's about it well judith today described a bollard as a conical cylinder <laughs> which he pronounced conical cylinder <laughs> That's... They're learning 3D shapes in school. Uh-huh. You see. That's a pretty so, yeah. good. Pretty good. Toby is wasn't... way behind. He is way behind. He's, he's got a lot of catching up to yeah. before he reaches conical cylinder. Just about. Although I think it would be so much fun just to work so hard to teach your kid the most complicated sounding phrase like that. Yeah, you've got to teach him one word, one phrase or word that just he shouldn't have and yeah. use it with with judith that word was procrastination wow nice uh, oh procrastination we got that early early on so we so i'd say uh, so say mommy are you procrastinating i've been calling you so we just you know use it in context enough and it becomes obvious so you just choose something just weird and stupid that they shouldn't know uh, and <laughs> and use it properly in context and then just have them casually say that when people are visiting you know? my nephew exclusively said the word gobbly go- uh, um oh goggly gog Racist. for many months he said goggly gog yes very racist mm-hmm. um and he and my sister learned the different the range of goggly gog the goggly gog for yes and the goggly gog for no and his mm-hmm. son who's go goggly 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 he did that for months 
and and yeah, it shows you how much semantic uh, richness you can get yep. out of something that should otherwise be so poor. He also yeah. apparently secret walked. He secretly walked for a month. So whenever he thought no one was looking, <laughs> around seven or eight months, I think, would just tootle around the kitchen. And then as soon as anyone came in, he would sit down. That's very telling. It's so yeah. interesting, isn't it? He's a lovely, he's a very bright and friendly and welcoming boy. So it doesn't seem to have become a secretive person <laughs> but it was like well, yeah, obviously it's walking's, my pr- walking's for private he thought no but also no is there, i've got to make sure i've nailed this before i go public with this, <laughs> with this point. That's, that's true oh so as another thought I, I, i've never gone yeah. into a podcast with uh and i'm, I'm doing this genuine everyone you know i don't, don't know if people believe that we never plan anything but i've actually yeah. had thoughts of things i want to say in this one give me a thought now so here's one about grief um Good grief. Yeah, no, that's a phrase that hasn't slipped off my lips quite so easily for a week. No. Um, turns out, not so good. No. Um, yeah, I've, I've been extraordinarily lucky to get to 38 without any significant deaths. So mm. um, I remember when I was a teenager, a friend of a friend died of anaphylactic shock. And that was weird mm. and confusing, but I didn't really know her. And mm. a friend of my parents was murdered, which is quite exciting. Murdered. He was a social worker and he went to to a client's house after a fracas and mm-hmm. she mistook him for her boyfriend and stabbed him to death. Oh dear. Which is horrific. And That's my, my parents were friends with her, him and his wife. And so, yeah, I remember that was a kind of like, and, but again, I was a teenager. He was a nice guy, but I didn't really, mm. he wasn't a friend. No. And that was weird. But then, and then since then, really, I've just been extremely lucky. Um, yes, I think you've even mentioned that on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah. It's just not been something I've had to encounter until now. And so it was really like, it's in my brain is such that I can't help in analysing the experience as it's happening. And I remember one thing that felt, I've often, I've used before, and I don't know if we've ever talked about the, um, I don't think we've ever talked on the podcast, my theory about, uh, my theory about relationships and why um, looking for things in common with someone else is a terrible way to establish a relationship. Mm-hmm. The whole um, small talk version of this. So you go to a party and you meet someone and you're like, oh my goodness, you went, you grew up in the same town as me. We have so much in common. Oh, you like, you like toast too? Wow. You know, we're, and, and the idea is like, imagine if you had thousands and thousands of these tentacles coming out of your tummy, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone has these little, I was guessing like really thin fiber optic tentacle things. Um, yes. And everyone has them. And when you meet someone at a party and you're doing the whole small talk, thing, <coughs> you start connecting them up. So you go, oh, toast, toast. I love toast. And yes. like, your toast tentacles connect. And you go, oh, my yes. goodness, you went to X school. Well, I went to the same school two years behind you. And th- that connects up. And, and you I can see in colour. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. in, a, in a genuine, you, that's what small talk is, isn't it? It's about yes. desperately trying to find the thing that you two of you have of in course. common. And, 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 and if it doesn't happen, it's awkward. And if it does, then you go, oh, yes. thank God, we can talk about something until yes. we move on. But it, you meet someone and like, oh, my goodness, we have this and this and this in common. This is amazing. We should get, we should go out on a date or whatever. Mm. Um, and then you try and base it, if trying to base it a relationship on having these few things in common is you, when you actually look down at your tentacles, what you've got is thousands of loose flapping tentacles and just a couple attached yes. and there's no strength in that there's no te- as soon as there's any pull on that relationship that's just going to come apart so that's the, my little metaphor for why people need to stop looking for themselves and other people when they're trying to start a relationship mm-hmm. um what so the the metaphor kind of came back to my mind when i realized what is this feeling what is this so my, my dad's dead so i'm devastated and i'm I, it was totally unexpected like no warning whatsoever so it was a phone call i was in a coffee shop standing in line laura called me over looking horrified handed me the phone and my mum told me 
there's no good well you see to... i've always wondered that's the one thing that i've always put to mind how does one get that news yeah that uh, was it I, my mom of, said there's I, no good way to tell you this dad's dead is that just just as bluntly as that? Yeah, because yeah. I was wondering. I mean, if you have to say, look, are you sitting down? Oh, God, no. Da- yeah. she, all of that. Because yeah. what you do in that time is run every possibility and experience every awful thought exactly. in the run-up. You've got to and say as quickly as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, the old, it's the band-aid rule. Mum was brilliant. She just said, look, this is horrific. Dad's dead. Um, and I just <laughs> collapsed. I'm not good that he is, but good that she said it. Yeah, yeah. Hooray! Not that pleased. Hooray, um, another I... dentist bites the dust. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that uh, <laughs> Don't think you need that... to worry, Nick. It's good that she didn't, because uh, I mean, there are sometimes you think, now, are you sitting down now? There was an incident today. It wasn't mm-hmm. a good one. Um, it involved somebody you love. <laughs> twenty, And you basically start playing 20 questions yeah. with horror. And I think that approach is very problematic. I think it's understand. There's two ways to understand it. One, understand is the person why, yeah. doesn't, one is the person doesn't want to say it. And the other is they want to sort of ground you. Ease you into the yeah. hot bath. Yeah. But there's no ease. There's no easing in. You just need to be punished no. with it, and that's what happened. So, yeah. and th- so, yeah, and so I, it, it was uh, not good. Um, when you saw Laura's face, oh. you know, when you said you saw Laura's face when she got the message, mm-hmm. did you? I mean, uh, it's very easy for you to retrofit this, but did you think, right? I kind of know what's happened. Or no. So just- here's here's exactly what happened. We were sat in the coffee shop. Toby was asleep, um, and we'd had a drink, and Laura wanted another cup of tea and was nagging me to go get a one and i couldn't be bothered and you see these hot drinks people are right they are but no they're not I, you know she's really annoying um yeah. no she was nagging nagging, and i eventually said nagging like, <laughs> nag, 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 the old fishwife no uh, <laughs> that's not what i meant at all so she was kind of pestering nagging Come for on. a cup of tea oh, stupid women a eh? yeah anyway <laughs> so she said eventually i said oh okay i'll get you a cup of tea and i got up and as I was standing up, my phone rang and a weird glitch on my phone had decided to switch out what should have said my when it, my parents home landline was calling. It said parents home. For some reason, yeah. it, had, it had glitched a month or so ago and started saying my dad's name like it was his mobile ring. Oh. And I rolled yeah. my eyes because I was just about to, I just committed to going standing in this crappy line um uh-huh. in the coffee shop and um and then dad's on the phone oh great dad's on the phone right well then you have to answer it i say to laura <laughs> hand to the phone and go yeah. stand in line and then eventually i see laura waving me over and i'm like oh, what i'm stood in line i've just got here come on i'm gonna lose my place there'd be a bloody good reason for you exactly <laughs> and that's what i was thinking i was annoyed by this whole situation and then she was like no now and i came over and then i just saw the look of horror in her eyes and said, John, it's bad news. And she said, I, I, I'm going to let your mum say, and I handed me the phone. And I, I, I think I let your mum say was pretty much, well, it's either my yeah. sister or my dad at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's, it's, it's so your mum had to tell Laura first. And that, and poor Laura, she, um, she realised, she had this moment of realising, if I never give him the phone, he never has to find out. Well, yeah, suddenly she becomes a party to doing, to making, to making yeah. something bad happen to you. It's interesting. You psychologically yeah. feel that. She said to me yeah. afterwards, she said, I was thinking if I give him the phone, his whole world's going to fall apart. I don't want to do that to him. And I was able to say genuinely, not no schmaltz whatsoever, genuinely say, no, my, my whole world didn't just fall apart because it's you and Toby. That's my whole world right now. Yes. Um, this is yeah. awful, but it's not my whole world. And that was, again, a weird, even in that moment, it was like a, a framing moment of understanding that, no, actually, this, this, my dad yeah. isn't my whole world. And that's really healthy. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, so obviously what I'm trying to say is in a very long winded way that in that moment, there's the horror, the true horror. And that I broke down. I wailed. 
Um, it was just unbelievable in the and unacceptable. Shop. Yeah, quite quietly into Laura's tummy. I was just on my knees. Oh, okay. You know, I was just wondering whether you were so loud that people actually stopped. Some person on the next table leant over and asked Laura what was wrong. And, and, and I loved that idea, like what they were going to do. You're like, oh, what? Yeah. what's wrong? I'm like, what are you going to do about it? What's wrong? Well, I'll, I'll just resurrect him for you then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just heard Laura go, his dad's just died. And the person was like, okay. <laughs> what a weird... Anyway, I remember that happening around me. Um, but so, yeah, what I'm trying to say is there's this visceral, immediate awfulness. Yes. But then after a while... And that keeps coming back to punch you again and again and again. But in between, there's this physical, awful, weird sensation. And I couldn't work out what it was. I felt sick, like very sick. I didn't eat for a couple of days, really. and and Because yes. I was too nauseous to eat. And Yeah, you don't recommend the grieving diet. Then. No, no. And, and, yeah. and it's interesting. Again, it's like... Um, oh, I'm distracting myself. But these are all worthwhile thoughts, I think. Yeah. The... Um, the whole idea of knowing what it would be like to love a kid. You can imagine what it would be like to love... So- you know what it's like to love someone, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine what it would be like to love a child. Um, yeah. But you can't. It's when it, You don't understand because you haven't... It's impossible to have the um, equipment to understand the biological level on which you love a child. Yeah. It's this sort of, you know, I would tear out chunks of my body with my, with my fists if it helped my child passion and all-encompassing madness um that is loving your child and you can't imagine that because there's no there's no prior example and i think the same is true of losing someone you of of someone you love dying is is the same it's like until you've experienced it you don't know the physical biological level on which it it exerts (laughs) itself and and so i realized what i realized in the end was what is this feeling this weird crazy feeling that's haunting me and so horrible and i realized those tentacles coming out of my tummy that connected to my dad mm-hmm. were just were just being severed, cut. Mm. And obviously, I know it's a metaphor and it's a silly one, but at the same time, I have all this love for this person who's so meaningful to me, and it's not going anywhere anymore. Mm. And that's, I think, what well, I think that's what that psychic level is: is the futility of the love you feel having no target anymore. Yes, and that was a awful moment <laughs> that's that's horrible and that's why i we strongly recommend if your parents are alive cryogenically freeze them now until we've cured death yes as i said it's a very clumsy thing don't don't allow them to be clumsy exactly uh, and be dead because that's just going to cause too much bother <laughs> it is a pain so i just pain. recommend that okay well that's a good recommend i'm sure people will take it on board um <laughs> it's uh, also, what would you recommend to those if we still have a listener? <laughs> say the listener says, "Oh well, I don't. Re- I speak to them once every quarter, and I send them a Christmas card." Would you say that's fine? Or would you say, "No, actually, that's not good enough. Back up your act." <laughs> I don't know. Not, I wouldn't say anything of the sort because mm. I think it's really specific to the relationship that you have. I think lots of people have terrible relations with their parents, and especially their fathers. Lots of people have terrible fathers who don't deserve their frequent contact, and and I can only imagine the emotional turmoil that their death would cause. Mm. Um, the combination of relief and guilt and grief all at once which which, which then cascades uh, recursively exactly yes um so i can't imagine what that must be like um and so everyone's situations are so specific and so unique but and i was very i was very casual about i didn't like my sister phones my parents every day right. now phones my mum every day i yeah maybe once a fortnight i would call them Mm. Um, and so I had a very different approach and I was really happy with that and I'm extremely lucky that on the Tuesday before he died I phoned him just to chat just off mm. I had a spare hour 
and I phoned my dad just to chat and we talked about Fallout 4 and how he was struggling to get into it. And we talked about how terrible Heroes was, the TV series, which he just watched all of on Netflix or something. Oh, right. And that's what we talked about. And I'm so ridiculously grateful that that was our final conversation. Of course. Because that kind of really represented how we communicated. We talked about rubbish most of the time Mm. and, and that was good. Yes. And we just had a really ordinary conversation and we didn't say I love you at the end of the phone call and it was Good. just yeah. normal. And that oh, yeah. was, I, and I'm just so, you know, and, I, and I, I think, gosh, maybe if I hadn't called him for three weeks, would I have been out be thinking, oh God, I hadn't, you know. Hmm. I, did, I ignored a couple of emails from him since then, between then and his death, uh, because they were gibberish. <laughs> and I allowed myself to go, I, I thought, am I, going to fit, am I going to decide to feel guilty about the fact that if I'd replied to those emails, I would have had... You know, no, they were rubbish. He didn't, they didn't merit replies. No, they, they were better as they were. I've, right. And I told you, know, I said, Dad, if you don't read your emails before you send them to me and they're incoherent gibberish, I'm just I'm too busy to deal with incoherent gibberish. If you want to talk incoherent gibberish, pick up the phone. Yes. But I can't, I can't attempt to pass what meaning you, met, you intended in an email. Right, and my dad, yes. it was always good. My dad was always really lighthearted about it. We said, "Well, I knew what I meant," and then you know. Of course, Judge, Judge remember Judge Coxcomb's um, abiding memory of your father. <laughs> yes, my dad apologising for his homophobic. Yeah, his- uh, tipsy. I think he was a lot drunker at your wedding than you think he was. No, and- I'm no, no, no. I think Martin was being very nice on Twitter. <laughs> I think that's what that no, was. No. No, he was well, yes, and so basically, he I, I was there, and, so, and yes, and he was kind of. Very openly and quite touchingly apologise. Say, you know, I used to be, you know, uh, re- I used to really not like gay people. I was really homophobic. And then John helped me to realise that, that was so wrong. I think I would say that I would qualify that he didn't not like gay people. He said he realised he was homophobic and had home. He, yes. You know, my dad was not the kind of person to to dislike someone no. or so. And now it is wrong. Killing, my dad would never. People, no. It's totally no. out of his vocabulary to say it is wrong to do X. He just never yeah. was like that. Mm. Um. So but he was he, really, really very apologetic to Martin about it. Yeah, but it's lovely. Isn't it lovely that he just that, yes. that's who he was? And yes, and he my dad, that you had you had cured him of the gay phobia. That's true. My dad was yeah. uh, a very occasional drinker, very rarely drank, um, yes. and so and, and got drunk almost never. So his, his drinking at the wedding was a little. And then after, and then after that. Uh, he then was speaking to your Victoria for about one and a half hours about dentistry. No, but she's also a dentistry fetish, so actually they probably really enjoyed it. I see, see, it was about this. Uh, Apparently, he t- Victoria always says that he talked to me for 20 minutes about teeth, and then I think always concedes that she enjoyed it. She does, and it wasn't it wasn't 20 minutes. It was much longer than that. I mean, obviously <laughs> one and a half hours exaggerating, but it was certainly within an hour, because I kept coming back. You know, oh, no. I'd go and get some more dessert, I'd come back, there'd be the music, I'd speak to you, I'd come back. And then they were talking about this latest implant and how this implant was like this. And I never really, I mean, she was doing at least half the talking, so I, you know, <laughs> frankly. frankly I can, I, I I say, see, I just imagine my dad, you know, in the presence of God, God going, Hugh, I can tell you the full secret. And I go, no, well, first of all, I need to explain to you about the reign of George VI. And the consequences, yes. <laughs> God's going, uh, okay. <laughs> Yes, well, exactly. That's the sort of thing you would you would hope. <laughs> That's um, how it sort of seems to play out. Yes, and of course now what's going to be interesting is with Toby. Uh, of course, he won't explicitly remember, mm-hmm. but it's you know, keeping his memory subtly alive and showing pictures and that sort of stuff, so that at least he when when he looks, he'll have the subconscious fondness. Of I him, hope which, so. Which, and I had that. Which, my my mum's dad died when I was very little. Probably yes. too young to remember, really. I, I, yeah, I think mm. all my memories are false from photographs. Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, and, and I think, but they, they are, fo- you know, like you said, when I look at the photographs of my mum's dad, it's like, oh, 
he looked nice. He seems nice. And then my mum tells me great things about him. So, yeah. yeah. And you can do the same thing. Yeah. It's a bit crap, though. <laughs> I want him back, mm. really. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> There's a oh, real well, immaturity. Mind. My sister said the, said the same. It's an embracing of immaturity. Um, we both started using the word daddy. All right. Like, I want my daddy back. And that was, ooh, I didn't like that at all. That was weird. But yeah, we both independently found ourselves. Oh, fair enough. Being that childish in our in our grief, it was it was interesting. My sister's uh, daughter, who's only seven, yes, um, is obviously finding it very hard to process. Of course, and apparently, it's just her way of processing is to blurt out the most fantastically inappropriate questions. <laughs> uh, she said at one point, apparently, like on the day he died, she apparently sat up and said, because my sister wasn't able to come down until later. Um, she said, "Is Granddad dead because all his blood ran out?" <laughs> The children are useful for that. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, like, they'd be eating breakfast and she would say, uh, Grandad can't ever have breakfast again because he's dead. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's, that, there's always that approach to uh, dealing there's with That strange it. processing thing, yes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, well. Never mind, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's all water under the bridge. It's all water under the bridge. Just, All's just well that ends well. Be bygones. All's well that ends well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now it's now I just the, the the worst thing is just those moments of going. Oh, I just asked Dad. Oh, I can't. And mm. um and just thinking like uh, yesterday. Yesterday I went up to Laura's parents for the day because it's Laura's dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I skyped. Did you the... resent? Did you resent the fact? No, that and her, fa- her father was still alive. Someone... Did you worry that you would resent that fact? Someone asked me that afterward. Like, was that difficult? Did you fight, feel guilty? And I was like, Oh gosh, it didn't even occur to me to. So that's quite nice that it didn't uh, even cross my occurred mind. To me, in fact, yeah. <laughs> in fact, well, I had the realization that I feel like I'm not down to one parent, but rather Laura and I are down to three, and that was kind of comforting too. That's good. Yes. Um, and so we were up there for the day, and it was very nice. It was his. Um, for his birthday and um at a certain point in the afternoon i went i thought of something to say and then realized oh the only person in the whole world who would laugh at that is my dad mm. and it's like moments like that are really <clears throat> just awful just rubbish don't do it no no i think they've got the message now yeah the good listeners. i've passed that okay. on uh, let, let john be a warning to you not to allow such clumsiness to intrude upon your life mm-hmm Okay, shall we say goodbye after this cheery episode? Well, I hope it hasn't been overtly negative. I've tried to. No, no, I'm. I, I think. I think that, as I said to you at the time, you, you, you have journeyed to this, this other land, mm. and you need to report back exactly about yeah. what strange natives you find there. Yeah, and I think that it's just a. It's a part of the integrity that is this ridiculous podcast is that we've never, we've never no. wanted to talk about anything other than just what was on our minds, really. So. Exactly, and and to pretend that that's not on your mind. Well, yeah, it's just slightly, very slightly disingenuous. Yeah, exactly. Well, to me, I would go the other. I was about to say wildly inappropriate to pretend. Mm. You know, if we didn't say, if we said, okay, look, yeah, let's have John. Well, not only come. wildly inappropriate, but in a funny way, it would also be quite disrespectful to your father, I who after all so. was a listener and would have would have expected nothing less. Well, be careful with that because you know, I wrote a I wrote a, a, an article about my dad for 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 rock paper shotgun about my mm. gaming relationship with him because gaming really was what bonded us the, the most I think as, as yes. and well I don't know if that's true but it was a huge part of what bonded of us course. and so I wanted to write about this and I wanted to write it in tribute and I wrote it at the you know it was a horrific thing 
to write. And mm. I had, I realized at the end of the day, I'd switched my emotions off in order, but without thinking about it, in order just to people get people generally writing. liked it. I think Victoria yeah, liked it. It seemed to, yeah. it, seemed, it, it was very, it had a lot of very mm. lovely comments about it. And someone emailed me, it has a lot of very lovely emails. And someone emailed me saying that, oh, said, you you know, my dad died and I wanted, I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't ever have been able to bring myself to write, to, to write like that about him. And that makes you a better person than me. And I said, I wrote back saying, that's absolute rubbish. What ridiculous thing to suggest that. I just happen to have a, a, a no, website where said, I can publish. I no, can you make. You just said, "Go on." No, you should have just said, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> I should have, but no. It's, <laughs> you just said, "Yeah, you're right," but never mind. But I'm just. I process by writing. That's always how <laughs> I process, and so it was helpful. And then for some reason, I, I just like exposing everything um, raw in public, um, mm. like my red raw penis, for instance. Yes. Um, of and and I just wanted to do it in tribute to him because it was relevant to my site. Dad had written for us, so even you know, if any of our freelancers died, we would have written a post commemorating mm. them. So it was appropriate to to write that in the first place, and it was just really helpful and therapeutic and cathartic to do. Yes, well, um, he had been a freelance. He'd wrote that mad yeah, stuff about that dungeon game. Exactly, and it's all it's all linked mm. in the articles. If you go to mm. if you want to find it, go to Rock Paper Shotgun and just search for Dad in a Dungeon, and you'll find it then. Yes. Um, yeah, and so he um, oh, again lost my train of thought. Oh no! So doing this stuff and like doing this, recording this podcast about him. This is really weird. This is a really weird way to do it. And so it's not. Mm. It's not um, disrespectful not to be public. <laughs> you don't have to start. If you're dead, yes, you have to it's start highly, a podcast. It's highly. It's highly disrespectful not to record a podcast <laughs> about your father once he's died. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> But, You're basically spitting on his grave that doesn't even exist yes, yet. Exactly. But right. for, for for us two, it would be disingenuous, I think. And and I think it would if we said, but this, yeah, and I but I also uh, knowing your father as little as I did, but I think I knew him quite well by your just your discussing of him. I think it's something that he would have. Well, it's interesting because I think on the one hand he would have been highly dis discomforted by it, but on the other hand he would have relished it. It would have been mm-hmm. an interesting combination. And Either way, doesn't really matter because he's not his problem. He can't, you know, he's dead. Yeah. So what does it yeah. matter? It doesn't affect him either way. He, he either has nothing to worry about or he has more important things to consider exactly. than a podcast. So there you go. Mm. So it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, and I think, that's, I think that's healthy too, just to realise that when someone's dead, you do stuff for yourself, not for them. Yes, um, indeed. Yeah, so, yeah, so I think... This yeah, I think if we just said, "Oh, John's having compassionate leave from rum doings for a few oh, weeks," that would have been... and then we came back going, "Hey, Rupert Murdoch, hey, yeah, let's talk about paedophiles." Yeah, no, it would have been, that would have felt very unpleasant to me. So this felt more appropriate. It would have been it would have been, it would have been morally reprehensible, repugnant. Yes, shall we say finally say goodbye? <laughs> yeah, thank you for thank letting you. me do that, Nick. I appreciate it. Well, no, I'm sure everybody will enjoy it. Go away, everybody. Go and tell your mummies and your daddies that you love them if they deserve it. And not to be dead. Yes. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.